Hi, Elizabeth. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. <laughs> it looks like, or sounds like it, actually. Sounds like you're doing very good. Yes. What's happening? Oh, I was just um, just thinking about some things that um, are kind of bugging me. Yes. Good yeah, we were talking about mm -hmm. it earlier, and it's like the follow-up kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so... I hear it. Okay. When was the last time that that you can remember that you went to the doctor for something. What we were thinking was different times that we've gone to see doctors in which a follow-up visit, or at least at minimum a follow-up call, you know, was needed, right? And so that, you know, has been many times that we're not gonna use the female doctor because we decided not to. But anytime I've broken of toe or a foot or a wrist or little fractures, nothing that required surgery or anything. You know, you go in, you get your x-ray, you get your cast, and then they need to see you again in six weeks to see how you're doing. Right? I mean, right. that's... Yes. And then sometimes, you know, six weeks again. But if you have this raging disease of alcoholism and you go in and you get treatment somehow, either for detoxing or you actually go into a center, there's there's no follow-up. Right, that's something that uh, I was thinking and I asked you particularly about that because why is that that we don't have the same protocols or the same care? Let's say that you, as we mentioned before, do change medications from one to another. Right, okay, right, um, which is happening with my mom all the time. Right, right, or, you know, allergy medications, that you have severe allergy and then they right. give you something. Right, absolutely. They, they follow up or anything, you know. Or migraines. Migraines. I have a friend who has migraines, mm -hmm. and so she tries a new medication, and two weeks later, they call they check in, they might increase the dose, and then they call again two weeks later. Right, it's, the follow-up. Yeah, the, and the follow -up it's not like it charges that, more. Yeah, I, I think that has, that, that, the cost aside, I think is the quality of care, I think, maybe the protocol or how it is. Um, I think it's how it's perceived. I, I, I perceive, but I don't think that there is an actual a step of procedure on how to treat this. You know, I, I know, for example, uh, high blood pressure. Okay. You know, you need to reduce salt, do exercise, and maybe maybe take some medication here and there and control your weight. We call you up in 90 days to see how you're doing. That's what you expect, or that's what is the maybe the protocol how to treat high blood pressure that is pretty common, or diabetes, you know, they do. Because something it's something like that. that with your body. Right. So they there's already... something that you can do to combat the high blood pressure. Yes. And uh, then there's also visible results in your blood work or. And you're on the scale. But, but that's not mental. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So what I'm trying to come to is if why there is not a follow-up or, hey, how you doing in that aspect? You know, I, for example, you know, I have mentioned before on this, on this, uh, on this podcast that I, I had my blood done, work done years ago and said, hey, what's wrong here? But the doctor or the people involved on that one, they say, well, you need to treat this, this and that. But they didn't understand what was causing it was the consumption, the alcohol consumption. Because you didn't tell. They, they were treating the symptom. Right. Right. So oh, for this, you need to do this exercise, this, this, and this, and we will give you this medicine, and you need to uh, 
Of course, don't consume alcohol, but also don't consume grease, don't consume fats. I mean, egg was fat, sodium, and all these things, all encompassing, Anything right? Anything good. <laughs> all the good stuff. All the good right. stuff. So then, you know, 30 days later, you do, oh, you're, you're looking good. You're not, yeah. nothing, nothing is increasing. These high values were back getting a trend to normal, you're 90 days, and then it was follow up, and then you're cured, or you don't have a problem, physical problem with that when you are still. At that time, I'm struggling with sobriety because it was very hard to stay. But no, ask no question, how is that going? Because I believe maybe what they thought, oh, this thing on the blood works looks good. If you have consumed alcohol, it will show because they have now this test. I forgot the name of the test at six months that they do. And then it tells if you have consumed alcohol. Because oh. at that point, they asked me, are you consuming you know, six months later? Or mm-hmm. six, have you consumed alcohol? Are you following the, do- the instructions that I give you? Yes, and then I remember that the, the doc says, not that I don't believe you, but I'm going to run this test. And they ran it, and you know, it was perfect. And they, they did it every six months, and it's coming up normal. Or, or you know, it's, it is negative, as they call it, right? Right. But there's not a specific follow-up on anything else that has related to being or trying to recover from alcoholism. Nothing. Well, nothing. because there, I think nothing. because they're your physical doctor. Right. Right. However, though, it needs, that's, I, I feel like, where healthcare and mental healthcare need to come together. But for sure, the physical addiction part is something that medical doctors should follow up with. I mean, there's medications you can take, like naltrexone and, and stuff to, like, stop the cravings. And then... But that's at the beginning. That's at the beginning. But, some you know, I mean, so, but there, even if you do that there's usually not follow-up on that and then there needs to be yeah check in check in like why why is why is that not done what are some reasons did, did you find well one of the things i think i believe is the stigma of the person like of the alcoholic yes um, we, we as, as okay. alcoholics think that we're gonna be treated differently yes or? yes absolutely i think that that's part Part of the one, and then also on the other side, you know, the the provider says, "Well, if you are drinking, I cannot help you. You know, you did this to yourself. Sorry, this is what I would recommend that you do." Right. Right. It can be that the lack of understanding that is not. Um, I think now since 1993, so he's considered. A, yeah, a, a, 1993 is when they came up with addiction, addiction, addiction psychology as a specialty. Right. So. It's not that I'm justifying, see, I'm sick and you should have helped me. I'm not saying that. No. The, the thing is that we as people that have or are in recovery should be making an additional effort to make people more aware. I guess that this podcast will be part of it. To be more aware of what is need to be done as a follow-up. Not to cure it, but as a follow-up to continue on certain individuals to, to be sure that it's... it's um, Something is done. Or right. Or, I mean, done, at least right? to check up on somebody. And then we read the article that was talking about a kid who the doctors said, we can't help you until you figure out what kind of medications you need for your ADHD and your anxiety. Right. Um, so you need to go get some mental health care. And then he would go to the mental health care therapist and they would say, we can't help you until you stop drinking or stop using drugs. So it's almost like 
there's no merging of the two. So you can't help me if I if I don't stop drinking, but I can't stop drinking unless you help me. I have to figure out what's going on in my mind that makes me have this addiction. Well, now I know that it's physical, but what led me to drink so much that I needed to escape from certain things? What was I escaping from? Right. Was it my inability to sit still? Was it that I got a sense of horrible dread um, or nervousness when I was around certain family members? Or is it reoccurring nightmares? And if I just drink enough, then I'll just pass out and I won't dream. I mean, where is all this coming from? And so if you don't have somebody helping you with the mental aspect of the addiction, then it's very hard to stop. See, the other thing that I read or I did some some quick research, not very in-depth, is that the people that are trying to help or self-care products, they said it's very complex, is that is not uh, not one recipe or one treatment for a specific, for an alcoholic fits all. Like blood pressure. Like blood pressure that most of people can be treated with certain uh, uh, medicines or certain mm-hmm. uh, protocols, and very likely you will see results if you follow that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with alcohol, also you know, being also is physical. Obviously, we crave it physically, mm-hmm. but then for some people. It is part of a, a mental mental condition that needs a coordination coordination of specialties, right? You right. Will need maybe a, 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 a psychiatrist or psychologist, and then you need a, a hepatologist, a gastro, or whatever combined to see how we're going to treat that that individual. And I think that that coordination may not be uh, set, or there is no standard for the complexity of that because different people, different alcoholics. Um, have different symptoms, right? Well, uh, we're this, so different. Right, but then I, I think within certain process of the disease physically, it's going to be the same symptoms. You're going to have, you know, something going on with your gastro system. Oh, of course. Your, physically, uh, it affects the human body the same. The same. Right. So maybe there can be a protocol there when individual shows this blood work pattern, mm-hmm. this is what it should be done in conjunction with a follow-up with a, Psychologists or psychiatrists that are a specialty on that, that it may be just to follow up or continue a, a, a course of treatment that will be successful, you know. Right, but the first thing would be the alcoholic would have to admit to it. Yes, I, I, mean, I th- mean, that's 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 key, that's key. And a lot of people say, no, I don't need that, they need help for somebody else. But and especially no ma- if the doctor says you're getting better. Right. I mean, it could just be a twist of luck. You know, I'm, I'm saying like your results could be really horrible and then you might not have even stopped drinking. You might have just lightened up a little bit. The doctor checks your blood and it's getting a little better. So you just use that as an excuse. I mean, it's if you don't want to, there's no point. Maybe doctors just feel like, is it really worth it? Because only twenty percent make yes, it. Yes, Do I, I want to waste my time? I, exactly. I see that from a healthcare provider. I'd say, well, you know, it goes back to the perceived lack of control that mm-hmm. we don't have control over. This. Like we are just weak. Right, and we are gonna. Um, the next one is the relapse. Right. So hold the perceived lack of control. That is something that permeates society anyway. Why can't you just stop? Right. Like what's wrong with you? I love bread, but I mean, I stopped and I lost 50 pounds or what have you. Okay. Does bread fill your mind like constantly and talk to you and 
No. I mean, maybe it does. In that case, you might have a carb addiction. I don't know. (laughs) It's true, though. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that a lot of people feel like, okay, just stop. So I think doctors, in turn, need education on addiction. But maybe they just don't. Maybe they took a class in it or. I I would call not specifically to doctors. I would say the whole healthcare system. Right. I I think is, you know. They should be trained, right? They should be. or, or an awareness thing that perhaps they were not aware before, you know, because a lot of things, protocols change through time, right? Mm-hmm. Because before they were not screening for this, now they screen you for that. So little things that maybe on an intake when you are going to the doctor for your normal uh, allergy thing or whatever, mm-hmm. well, well-being or whatever it's called, exams, I don't remember, I, I don't remember really if they actually do have other problems, maybe, I think, but I... I it, it perhaps needs to be, as you said, we need to accept that we have the problem. Well, it, that, is, that a check box. it is a checkbox. How much is, alcohol, alcohol do you is, consume a week? Yeah, you say, oh, three. But that's an hour, right? <laughs> or something. But yeah, I, I, it's, it has to do also with us accepting that we have a problem. And they may change. But then that's the other thing. You know, if, if you have feeling that adequate or truthfully that uh, intake, Thing, what will you will you have been denied care, or you cannot go to the doctor because you are other difference, and this medicine we're going to give is not going to work for you. So let me refer you to a psychologist first. Is that going to happen? I doubt it. Well, the, I don't I doubt think, it. I, no. So people, I, you, you may even lose coverage or your job. Or, or these oh, that's very true. But you know, I went to a like a thirty day rehab that the one that I went to um, specialized in the mental health and the addiction, which meant that at the beginning, I met with the therapist, psychiatrist, and then they tried a medication and I had like therapy for those 30 days. And then in addition with, you know, the detox and and all the different kinds of meetings to learn about alcohol. And then I left and I never heard from them again, except for that I still had a remaining balance on my bill. Nothing. No literature to take with me, just the notes that I had in my little notebook. I had to do the rest on my own. So. Do you think it has to do also with uh, some perceived expect that we're expecting to be anonymous? Meaning that some people will say, hey, you know what, I have high blood pressure. Or like in, in the case of some family members, say my mom has, uh, or your mom has... Uh, uh, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Or uh, other people that have gone through treatment for other disease, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, they have overcome successfully, you know, cancer or any other thing. And that's even applauded. You say, wow, awesome. I'm proud for you. If you disclose, hey, I'm a recovering alcoholic at the meeting, mm-hmm. got a PTO meeting, says, whoa, get this person out of my kid, you know? I think that that would happen. You know, I don't know. Yesterday, my little one had a birthday party, was talking with some of the moms, and one of them's like, oh, we all need to get together over a bottle of wine and talk about this. And I said, you guys can drink. I'm an alcoholic. And, like, she was, really? But she was cool. I think she's a doctor anyway. And she's like, really? I said, yeah. She goes, that's great. That's so great. Like, you're an inspiration. And I was like, thanks. Wow. All I did was just, you know, 
hit rock bottom right. or whatever. <laughs> um, Have all these debris behind you and look at this disaster here. But I can guarantee, and that was a, that was a, you, you heard about my other example of a different mom at the field trip right. who was super uncomfortable, but this was an older mom, you know, this one that I was talking to yesterday, but that, that's kind of, I would certainly not announce it at a PTO meeting unless I was asked to spread the awareness of the right. fact that, you know. It goes back to stigma, right? It's a huge stigma. Yes. Huge. And and so much so that like when I first started stopping drinking, my husband's family would tell me, I don't think you're an alcoholic. I think you just had a problem with it. You know, nobody in this family is an alcoholic. Like that. How could we have allowed our son to marry an alcoholic? You know, we would have been able to see that. So, but once I was, you know, they accepted it just fine. I was the one, of course, who had to tell the whole family. Well, it was part of it, part of your treatment. It was part of a therapy. It was Did you were kind of forced to say that? No, because treatment? I missed a huge mm-hmm. wedding mm-hmm. Um, and people were asking. And his family said... Just tell him that your grandmother was sick. And I was like, that is such bad karma. Yeah. What if my grandma does get sick because I said she got sick? You know, that's kind of. Yeah, I hear you. So, no, no I just said, hey, I, I was in treatment. Yeah, but this is even our, the stigma, the, perceive, the perception that other people, even healthcare providers, that's the right. perhaps one of the problems that we may uh, face. You know, I, my recovery, I. I think I got lucky on this whole thing because mine was more technical. It's technical <laughs> of, yeah, it was, look at the numbers. You know, come for blood work every 40 days or 30 days and look at this. And it was just uh, change diet a little bit here, exercise, balance this and stress or what say you. Look for help in other areas of your life. And the whole thing came together. It has come together so far. And, but I don't think that everybody... I, I, when I was researching for this episode, I don't think that everybody will have the same treatment or luck that I had. Yeah, I mean, not everybody gets to do a, a podcast with somebody well, exactly. who has, you yeah. know, all this uh, well, sobriety. Not, yes, yes, of course. Of course. But I will say that um, I, I understand what you're saying. And yes, some people like you actually looked at the numbers. A lot of people wouldn't even they would run from that reality. The same reason some people don't go get a mammogram because they're afraid of the results, you know, right. yeah. which is just dumb, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, we have a fear, you know, a lot of people have white coat syndrome. You know, my blood pressure will just go high the moment I need to step into the uh, doctor's office. Knowing specifically they're going to check my blood pressure. Right. Right. But if I go for something else, I was not prepared to get anxious about my blood pressure thing, and then boom, you know, normal. Mm-hmm. And it's normal, you know. So that's one of the things, for example, you know, on the on this thing of, of looking the numbers or whatever, you know, be, when I was drinking heavily, I was able to check my resting heart rate, mm-hmm. and it was 90-something. That was resting? Resting. Wow. So you can tell that there's something definitely wrong there on, on this resting but this morning when i checked my resting heart rate oh, it was yes, 40 like, something. like everyone did 40 something 48 i think it was well and you were resting 
I was I just woke up and I have my little device, my watch on, and mm-hmm. I say, just a curiosity. I don't know how accurate. Let's say that it's even twenty percent plus yeah. minus. Yeah, I mean that's you know, that's half. That that is still is half. Even if it's wrong, wrong. So your heart was beating like crazy because it was trying to process all the alcohol? I was waiting. For, my body was waiting for the alcohol. Where is my first sip of the morning? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, hey, Antonio, you're late. We're late to the party. Mm. I guess I, that your, your body's so used to the to that. That is, is that so? I wonder if you... I mean, that makes sense because I would sweat and shake. Right. And I'm sure my heart rate was high. Yeah, that's like withdrawal symptoms. It is right? just horrible. And it's and it's horrible that this is so much worse than a broken ankle or, yes, or oh, finger right. in which they follow up. And it literally is the only substance where you can die withdrawing. Even like, even though opioids and heroin and... And I know heroin's an opioid, but I was talking about more like the pills, um, opioids. It will hurt. It literally hurts you, but it will not kill you. Alcohol will kill you withdrawing from it. So number one, that should be a thing that doctors follow up on. Oh, you're going to stop drinking? Let me call and make sure that you're not dead. Or maybe they want a new patient who's not a <laughs> stupid alcoholic. Yes, I, and I see that. I see why you should you spend all your time and effort on that, on that person that is going to relapse. And then the worst thing is that alcoholism is chronic. Right. So, I don't know. It may be that it needs to be a little more awareness on the health, on the healthcare system. I, it may be I, we may have not reached in an adequate form and time. I mean, do we need to, like, start a movement? Alcoholics are people, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. seriously. Yeah, or something. Yeah, something. I, I don't know. Or it may be there that we are just on the stigma that we don't that, that we don't. That it's our it. fault that we choose Maybe it's our it. fault, you know, but maybe people say that, oh, it's our fault. Not, We're not weak. Yeah. We're weak. But the, but the reality of the fact is that if you can quit it, yeah, then but, you're strong. But I, I really think that there is a stigma. On there this. is. Don't there tell, is a don't stigma. Say, uh, and yeah. then what about, I mean, it's it's not, like you said, it's not an easy disease to treat because there's so many different factors that are involved. It's not cut and dry like blood pressure. There's outside factors. I mean. Even diabetes, I think, is, is easier to treat than alcoholism. Right. You know? but, I see now, you know, after being so, how other means or how other things can be done to help people uh, recover from this. And, uh, you know, the more I think I'm this part of sobriety, you know, at least be more aware or create more awareness of this. I think so. Awareness is key. There are some things that are never going to change, you know, but uh, I think that, you know, little things may help. Something that uh, can help other people. So it may, it may be, don't be afraid of asking. Don't get complacent right. with your profession. Right. I mean, I feel like doctors need to maybe like pump it up, get excited. There has to be a passion. Yeah, so but, get that back. I don't know. Or maybe you don't want to waste it on alcoholics. But I tell you, right here are two alcoholics that are so worth the effort. And I know that there's millions more. Because we're people, but we're also like superheroes. <laughs> I like that thought. All right. So next week, we have an amazing podcast and we have guests. 
Yes, we are going to start having guests. We're going to start having guests, and we've got very interesting for you guys. Dr. Elizabeth Miller. Yeah. It's going to be great. Two part series to lead us into the new year. Exactly. All right, so. Let's keep the good work. Keep it up. Keep it up. Later, Gator. Gator.